Jackson's 0-1 pitch to Bregman. That ball slugged to left. That ball's got a chance. It's deep. And it is gone. A solo shot by Alex Bregman, his 23rd of the season. And just like that, the Astros take a 1-0 lead. This is another Astros podcast. And Maldonado hits it high in the air and pretty deep to left field. It sends back Martini at the wall, looking up. See you later! Martin Maldonado hits his first home run as an Astro. And it is nothing Astros. Maldonado, his second career home run off of Edwin Jackson. Boy, like Bregman, he got a cut fastball that kind of just spun in there, inner third of the plate, and he just turned on it. Here it comes. Fastball, and that's lined in the right field, coming in Redick, and he plays it on the bounce. Simeon scores on his way to third and stopping there, Martini. A game-tying RBI single for Matt Chapman, 2-2 game. Well, that's one of their, their classic at-bats that they're known for these days. Redick will make him throw a strike, I'm sure of it. Runners lead off first and second. Here's the 2-1. And Reddick lines this one in the left field for a base hit. Marwin racing around third and coming home. He'll score without a throw. Josh Reddick unties it with an RBI single. Three to two Astros. Two two. And that is lined in the right field. That gets down for a base hit. And that's going all the way to the wall. Loriano on his way to third. Loriano around third and coming home. The throw to the play by Correa. The tag. Loriano is out. Loriano is out. Two away. Down to second goes Martini. The A's are probably going to take a look at that, and they're going to reverse it. They're going to say Loriano was safe. And A.J. Hinch out to argue. I think what A.J. wants to know, is he safe because he got the hand in, or is he safe because Maldonado blocked him off the plate? You cannot argue a replay call. That's an automatic ejection. So the game is tied as the call is reversed. Give Martini an RBI double. It's a 3-3 game. Here in the bottom of the ninth in Oakland. I think that's a ripoff. 3-2. And Olsen drills this deep to right field. Reddick is going back at the wall. That is gone. Walk-off home run. Matt Olsen in the bottom of the tenth. A's come from behind to win. 4-3. Wade just sat back on a slider. Matt Olsen, his 23rd homer of the season. None bigger than that one. There's... No doubt about it, and the Astros now have lost 10 straight games against teams in their division. First loss for the Astros at Oakland Coliseum this year. Robert Ford joined by Doug White, Astros bullpen coach, and we're, we're here in Oakland. And I always think Oakland's kind of unique in terms of just kind of the bullpen situation because you're on the field, and it's a huge foul territory, but you're still on the field uh, as opposed to most places. The bullpen is behind the outfield fence like it is at, at Minute Maid Park. Does it pose any challenges when, when the bullpen's on the field like that? The, the challenges would be more for the, the, you know, the right side of the field. You know, right field coming over, second base coming over, first base coming over, so they don't run into the mounds because that's right. pretty dangerous over there. And we've seen that happen a couple times. But pitching-wise, I mean, really for me, it's just, I, you know, I got the fans like literally right there screaming and, and what have you. So that it's a little goofy just standing out in the middle of the field, you know, while guys are warming up. That's the only goofy part about it. We've had some changes to the bullpen over the last few weeks, bringing in Roberto Osuna, bringing in Ryan Presley, and it's kind of its own ecosystem out there during the game, the bullpen in terms of guys' personalities and especially the, the early innings when generally guys aren't, aren't working and aren't warming up. Have those two guys changed the dynamic out there, if, if any? No, I mean, 
basically they they fit right in because they're they're very low key they're good dudes and and uh their stuff is amazing yeah. so it's been really nice having them and like i said it's just low key like there's a bunch of good people out there in the bullpen uh hopefully all getting outs consistently and and uh all trending in the same direction who's the who talks the most in the bullpen during the game <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. You, if you get a sipper going, he won't stop. So uh-huh. it, it, it just it really depends because um, it's kind of like whoever you press the, the coin, you know, you know, you mm-hmm. put the coin in and press the button, yeah. they'll get it going. But I, I'd say sipper leads because if you get him going on a subject, he won't stop. <laughs> How, what was it like being in the bullpen during the All-Star game with the American League? I mean, first of all, just a collection of talent that you have out there and, and, and just such a, such a unique circumstance. Yeah, well, first of all, I was just fortunate to be able to do that. Obviously, I was the coordinator at the time we won the World Series. So, you know, uh, CB uh, being in Boston allowed me to, you know, have that opportunity. So, first off, that was amazing. And then just being around those guys uh, – seeing how good they are up front but also like how easy they were how easy going there were there wasn't any uptightness there wasn't any you know guys just shutting people out like they were all good good dudes and and we were all having a great time during the game was there anybody that you kind of got to know a little bit that maybe surprised you at all or was different than what you thought no I think overall for me it's just like it's nice to see good athletes successful athletes also be good people Mm -hmm. and treat people with respect no matter who you are and that's what I felt like those guys like Kimbrell was like he was he was awesome Mm -hmm. uh Trinan he was awesome uh Snell awesome like those guys they, they were all really good to me now you mentioned you weren't with the club when they won the World Series, at least not at the big league staff coordinator last year. Where were you during the World Series? Were you at home? Were you watching the games? Like, where were you? Well, I, I went to every game. Okay. So uh, um, I live in San Diego in the off season. So for games one, two, six, seven, I drove up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, had tickets for that. And then um, the Houston series, I flew on over and, and, and stayed the three days. There's no way I was going to miss a game of the World Series. That was too much fun. Game seven. First of all, going into the game, what was kind of your feelings? Were you nervous? Did you sleep well the night before? I mean, obviously you're not on the field, but you're very familiar with a lot of these guys, a lot of the coaching staff even before you came to the big league staff. Yeah, I I really honestly felt it was inevitable that we were going to win. It was just when Mm -hmm. and how, like what was the story going to be? So I I I was really calm. Like I had friends, you know, and, and, you know, employees, you know, around me like, geez, Doug, why aren't you not more nervous or excited or being crazy? I was like, well, I – I thought this was going to happen all the time. The 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 game that was the the craziest was Game Five, right? right. Wasn't that with the twenty five right. runs? Right. That was the game where you knew it had to get crazy. They scored four runs in the first, and you're like, all right, we're going to have to score forty runs to to make this one work, you know? Game Seven, final out. What was your reaction, and what'd you do right after the final out? I really, I was just happy for Charlie. Mm-hmm. I felt like that guy. He's he's just a one person. You know what I mean? He's always looking after his teammates. He's got a big family. They all travel together. I mean, this guy's got a lot on his plate, you know. And just for him to have that as like a confidence thing, mm-hmm. uh, to have the rest of his life, for me that was m- more special than the actual, you know, specific moment. I was just really happy for Charlie. And then it was like we, we just won the World Series. Like, oh my God, we just won the World <laughs> Series. That's crazy. Yeah. Doug White, Astros bullpen coach. Always good to chat with you and uh, continued success. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. My guest today is Garrett Cole, all-star pitcher for the second time this year and racking up the strikeouts, 12 of them, a couple of days ago, and uh, no walks. So, so whenever we see these no walks and these double-digit strikeout games, it's just a guy that has control of his body, good mechanics. Garrett, where have those mechanics come from all your life? 
I started doing throwing mechanic drills, like I said, at a pretty early age, you know, the standard ones like on the knee with the arm up, and um, I've always just had like a pretty direct line to the, to the plate, and um, I've just tried to hone that in and make it as fluid and easy as I can. A few five starters this year, I would imagine it's kind of ratcheted up as far as picking each other's brains, trying to make each other a little bit better. What have you learned this year that maybe you didn't know a year or so ago? I think one of the biggest things is the conviction and in the pitch, you know, don't try to don't try to overlocate it. Um, just try to deliver a, a quality pitch um, and trust your stuff. I think that Justin really helped me with that early and, um, you know, watching how Lance and Charlie really go about it, just kind of attacking the strike zone with yeah. their stuff. Um, I've just I've just tried to do that the best I could. If you're not trying to be too fine, do you feel like you have the luxury just to kind of be more aggressive, maybe speed up on, on release just a little bit more to make your stuff more live? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just not all about location. I mean, obviously, you don't want the ball to, you know, be thrown poorly over the middle of the plate, but sometimes if the ball's thrown well over the middle of the plate, it can be your friend. I'm just becoming more comfortable with that and finding areas to different hitters where uh, I feel aggressive attacking that spot um, and knowing that, you know, if I I miss, I miss in in a good spot. Then I've just kind of gone from there because... If you maintain your deception, if you maintain your changing speeds, um, there's just a lot of other things that you can use to your advantage other than just always trying to locate. Yeah. Take me back to the offseason, and we've heard you were at dinner when you found out you yeah. got traded to the Astros, but just tell me what your mindset was like and how probably excited you got to join a world championship team and, and to be able to, to come into that mix. I mean, I was thrilled to, uh, like you said, just have what an unbelievable opportunity to be on such a good team with such great talent. It's not often that these these things come around, and um, so I just wanted to take advantage of it the best I could, and just I knew that I was better than what my my numbers were the year before, and I really wasn't that that disappointed with them because there was a lot of there was a lot of good in there, and I was anxious to try to show that and and prove that to myself and and then obviously to be able to do it on a team that wants you and that uh, you know wants to uh, win the World Series is awesome. You've played in the playoffs before you've been in the pennant races and and this is a tight race now you've got three teams at the top of the AL West and they're it's a stacked uh, division right now what does it take for you to be successful in these types of games? Just keeping a keeping a level head I mean there there are you have an opponent. You have a um, you know a scouting report. You have a style of play that you're you know you're going to obviously try to combat every time that you come in and play another team. But at the same time, the focus has to be on yourself as a team as well to just try to continue to get better because ultimately you can only control what you can control. So as the you know as you get deeper into the playoffs or deeper into these high leverage games, you have to just continue to get better at, at hammering your strengths out and. And I think just, you know, keeping that focus and trying to keep that edge is what helps. Is it easy for you to relax in big situations? I don't know if it's easy. Um, Some days it's more simple than others, I guess, uh, depending on, you know, what you're you're dealing dealing with that day. Um, There's always going to be another pitch, so just don't don't try to put too much pressure on it. Just try to execute it. and, um, And you got a good defense for a reason. you got a good catcher's 
who know where you know the best place to attack the the hitter is and so you know you just it's a team game sometimes yeah. so you got to rely on your guys and and trust them I heard one of your your passions is cooking mm -hmm. when did you start doing that and what's your go-to I started cooking probably well I guess the first time I had to start cooking on my own was in college okay. and so I would cook for all the guys in the room most of the time um, and then I've always just continued to cook I guess since then uh, my folks taught me when I was a kid because they were always cooking in the kitchen and um, always involving yeah they would always like involve us so my sister and I both know how um, and my favorite thing is probably I just like I like using the grill. I mean, I'm fortunate to have like good weather in California yeah. and um, a nice grill. So um, any any kind of protein, fish, red meat, or chicken, just you know a good a good sear on the grill is uh, is always tasty. You like to season the season the meat or yeah. and all that stuff. What do you what do you like to use? We have to season everything. Yeah. Um, usually with salt and pepper. Uh -huh. um, I'll usually brush stuff with olive oil. And then simple. salt and pepper. Yeah, keep it simple. I mean, my rule of thumb is, like, I try to buy, like, the highest quality products. And then I just try not to overcook them, really. Yeah. And um, really just kind of let the ingredients speak for themselves and not try to do too much. Last thing, Charlie Morton, your teammate in Pittsburgh, your yeah. teammate here. You guys are good friends. Uh, what does that friendship mean to you? It uh, means a lot. Yeah. He's, um, he's a really special guy. And... We, we check in with each other every once in a while now, especially this year. Like, man, did, I would have never, I would have never imagined us being in this situation six years ago when I was a rookie, and we were both in Pittsburgh, and now we're here in Houston. And um, he just got such a great family that I've been able to watch grow up a little, you know, a, a little bit for the last few years. And you know, we're just really good friends. And I think sometimes this game can take you apart from your friends. I mean, we certainly experience that where we played before I mean just so much turnover and so you miss some friends and then sort of have you know have like a opportunity like this where you, you know you get to catch up with somebody that you know you really care about because we don't have the option to sure. hang out with whoever we want during the season That's we right. kind of get locked down <laughs> to 20 25 guys so um, it's pretty cool it's pretty pretty special very unique for sure all right Garrett Cole off to a great start man just keep it going and uh, thanks for catching up sounds good I will the Houston Astros Radio Network. One of the most dominating performances we've ever seen for a Houston Astro. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. Garrett Cole with a masterpiece. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network.